Hello and welcome in to Throwing Bones, the recruiting podcast for Inside Nebraska. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska. I am joined, as always, by Recruiting Analyst Nate Klaus. Nate, how are you, man? Doing well, doing well. Never never a dull moment when you're, <laughs> when you're covering uh, Nebraska athletics, especially Nebraska football. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is definitely one way to describe it as, you know, it's funny in a way, you know, I, I thought, hey, here we'd be talking about, you know, visitors that were here this weekend, we could continue recapping kind of my trip to Missouri uh, to see Jaden Doss and Jaden Riddell, which actually feels like it now happened a month ago, because as all of you listening to this are, are well aware of, um, and Scott Frost was fired by Trev Alberts on Sunday, um, following the loss at home to Georgia Southern. Um it was it's one of those things where it's it is shocking yet not at the same time right it, it it's after that georgia southern game the mood could not have been like more down um if you watch that press conference with scott frost he his, which was his final press conference at nebraska he he was very down like his voice was kind of shaky like it just kind of felt like something was going to happen. I didn't know, or I, I guess I didn't expect it to be a full out firing right then because we all kind of knew about that October 1st buyout date and all of that. Um, and Nate, I have not gotten a chance to talk with you like personally about kind of your thoughts on all of that and how it went down, I guess, when, when the news came out, what was your immediate reaction? Yeah, you know, I wasn't surprised that it happened, but the timing of it, Definitely surprised me. I, I thought I didn't think there would ever be a way um, that it would happen prior to October. Right? right. Because and we all know about, you know, the buyout clause and and how, you know, basically cut in half the buyout that the university would owe Scott Frost, um, yep. you know, if he was let go. Um, and I mean, the writing was on the wall. Um, I think that the timing of it definitely sends a message. I, I think it, it tells, it shows people that, Hey, you know, Trev Alberts is serious um, that this is, you know, this is just not acceptable. Um, I think it was pretty calculated move uh, because now, you know, Trev gets to kind of control the narrative heading into a big game against Oklahoma to where uh, it's not, it's not about Scott Frost being on the hot seat and, you know, what's it going to, you know, what's it going to take for him to, to be able to survive this year and, and so on and so forth. It's about, okay, who's, um, who's going to be able to take over for this tradition rich program with great fan support, um, you know, brand new facilities coming up and, you know, and on down the list. And so uh, I, I do think that that was, calculated move by Trev. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens now. Yeah. And one of the things too, is, you know, to kind of the timing of it. And I think that that is probably I'm with you. It's the most surprising part of it. I mean, this is the first time in Nebraska history that, that a coach has been fired this early um, into the season by a long, long stretch. Like Trev Alberts mentioned, you know, about the buyout in Nebraska has a history of honoring contracts. Nebraska also has a history of kind of letting this play out. Athletic directors have not always gotten that right. We've yeah. seen athletic directors let go in the middle of, of football seasons, um, but a coach to be fired. We're not even we're not even in the middle like this early um in the football season with nine games left presents 
such a unique opportunity for what is, I guess, the start of the Mickey Joseph era or his audition for there to be a full-fledged Mickey Joseph era. Um, and I just, from a recruiting perspective, I've been thinking about this all day, and I, I wrote this this morning um, in the recruiting blitz at, at Nebraska.Rivals.com, is that... Mickey Joseph and Trev Alberts, I think, are the two exact right people to be at kind of the top of the Nebraska ship right now, leading this thing from a recruiting perspective. We know Mickey Joseph is an ace recruiter and that he will put an emphasis on recruiting um, as, as a head coach, the same way he did as an assistant coach. I feel like we can be safe in that. Um, and Trev Alberts will offer all the support in the world. And he, as he noted in his press conference, he likes to talk with recruits. Um, I see him down there every week um, talking to recruits. Um, before games he does it on a regular basis and he said he enjoys it and, and so I guess Nate what are your thoughts on just those two guys being the ones to kind of whatever's going to happen with this recruiting class and all of that which is going to be a real question moving forward like what do you think about those two guys kind of steadying the ship as Nebraska football tries to move forward this season well you know, I'll start with Trev I think you know as an athletic director um, you know in that press conference he came across as pretty confident um, and, and knowing, you know, um, confident in, in the timing of the, of the decision, uh, confident in knowing what he's looking for, um, you know, and then, you know, as far as Trev and Mickey, you, they're both former players, um, you know, they, they've got uh, good players at that at Nebraska. Um, and Mickey, you know, he's not somebody, he's not necessarily a dead man walking, right? He's, right. he's brand new. Um, you know, so he's not necessarily tied to everything that's happened over the last five years. Um, and now he gets the opportunity to, to try and, you know, turn this thing around, see what he can do, um, not only on the field, but, uh, you know, especially with recruits. And so when he's talking to recruits, you know, it's not like he's, um, got to pretend that, that he's going to be, you know, safe or that, you know, or whatever. Um, he can, I mean, he can legitimately recruit these guys. Uh, obviously there's going to have to be some frank conversations that take right. place with recruits about the situation here. But um, I, I honestly do believe he's going to have a chance, whether it's as a head coach or not, he's going to have a chance to, to stay at Nebraska uh, beyond this season. Um, and so, you know, th that makes a huge difference when you're t talking to recruits, when you're re-recruiting your commitments right. and so on and so forth. Yeah, and that's the thing that's going to be really a, a fine line for Mickey to walk in some ways, but in some ways not, is that I, I feel like he can be fairly confident in saying, and he can be honest and like, listen, everybody understands the situation. Yes, I am trying to audition for this job. While yes, Trev Alberts is saying that we're going, that, that school is going to undergo a national search, um, but I'm going to recruit you guys because I believe that I'll have a chance to be here. And it's, it's tough because he's probably not going to say, even if I don't get the head coaching job, like there's still a good chance I'll be here, even though that is the case. But that was just, I was thinking about this earlier, like even just as a, as a wide receivers coach, unless a new coach gets high, say a new coach gets hired, right? Unless that coach has got some sort of long standing relationship with that wide receivers coach that he's already had, 
it's going to be tough to find a better wide receivers coach than Mickey Joseph, right? It would be someone that you would try to go and hire anyway if you were coming to a school like Nebraska and now you've got a bigger budget or what have you. Like you would try and do that. So that's going to, it's going to make for a fascinating situation. Um, and there's a couple of, you know, recruitments in particular um, that will be really interesting to see. Like, you know, I know Amarian Miller is someone that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago is your, you know, favorite recruit in the class. Like what happens with him? Like it's not as if he's not going to have any, you know, offers from down south to, to, for Nebraska to contend, contend with, but as long as Mickey Joseph is here, you still got a shot to keep him in the boat. Obviously, the uncommitted prospect that everybody will wonder about is Malachi Coleman, um, who was here over the weekend, who did kind of tweet out a picture of him and Mickey Joseph earlier today, kind of signaling that he's excited um, about Mickey getting this shot. Like, there, there are just going to be a lot of those types of things that we'll have, like, as we continue to move through these, it's going to be a long nine weeks as we continue <laughs> to move through these nine weeks. Um, kind of figure those things out because I think it's going to be fascinating because I do think one thing that we should mention too is that I think there's a lot of excitement with Mickey Joseph being put in place. Like I, I reported on the site um, inside Nebraska yesterday, last night, that I, I spoke with a multi-year starter on Nebraska's team who said that the vibe was good, was really good during when Mickey Joseph was announced. And I think that that is not only felt by the team, but also potential recruits as well and the fan base. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, everyone was excited when Mickey was hired to come on board the mm -hmm. staff. Um, you know, his track record speaks for itself. Uh, and there had been, you know, rumors um, about him joining, you know, the, the right. staff previously as well. And people were excited at that point in time, too. So um, and I've heard the same things, you know, from players on the team and, and people connected with the program that, there's there is a certain level of excitement about it. It's not this is not a doom and gloom situation necessarily. I think that um, you know in some cases there there can be some relief and some pressure taken off um, the team, the coaching staff, um, you know, and, and maybe even you know some some recruits. Maybe now they can they can say, okay, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, what what I'm hearing from them day to day. I just want to now. I just want to see what you know, what happens? What what do they look like? How do they respond? Uh, that type of deal. So, um, you know, having worked at Nebraska during some some coaching changes, I can tell you, you know, some of the first things that, that you know, some of the first conversations that you have with recruits is reminding them that, hey, the head coach may have changed, but the everything about the program, the foundation of the program, the tradition of the program, um, you know, the the academic support, the, you know, the strength conditioning, the, uh, the facilities and, and all the tradition um, that that is not going anywhere. And, and so you kind of remind them, you know, about things that that they grew to love about Nebraska um, beyond just the relationships with, with the coach, uh, especially the head coach. And um, and for Mickey, he can have those conversations extremely easy um, because he's, I mean, he's lived it. He's been in their shoes before as a former player. And so I think that's another, you know, dimension to all of this that, that is going to help him kind of navigate these next nine weeks.
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that he is in a lot of ways, you know, like we've said a couple of times, a, a great ambassador for the program, a great man to lead them at this particular time, um, just because of the different skill sets that he has. Um, and he gets a chance to, and there were other, there were, I mean, Caleb Benning mentioned that he would love to see that the 2024 Westside uh, defensive back, obviously he, he mentioned that he's excited to kind of see what the team looks like and how they respond with this change that, you know, I think, I think too, that we sometimes don't give recruits enough credit for understanding the situation that Nebraska was in. Like, I know it was no secret that Nebraska was, was uh, that Scott Frost was under intense pressure to really deliver at a much higher rate than what he had been. Um, and that, and that recruits understood that once the Ireland loss happened, that that kind of changed the game. I think that everybody can kind of see that, that that really changed the game. And, and it wasn't just that we can reduce it down to, hey, you know, the defense did this or that or did not do this or that in the Georgia Southern game. And that's what ended up getting him fired. But ultimately, it was about a lot more than that. Uh, that There was an overall process that was just lacking. And you could see it week to week um, during games. You could see it. It's kind of been a, and the lack of preparation for the to start the season against Northwestern with, with what resulted in that loss. Um, and so being able to recruit being more savvy than we give them credit for, I think is can help Nebraska now is that it's not going to be this shock like sometimes it is when you have these coaching changes and you see this huge outcry of like, oh, my God, how could they do this? You didn't really see a lot of that. Like you saw some thank yous to Coach Frost. You know, I think Emma Johnson on the current team was like, hey, you know, thank you. He gave me my first Power 5 scholarship offer and all of that. But I think a lot of people, players, recruits, fans, media, kind of just saw it coming. And you're right. It can kind of be a, a, a relief of pressure now to hopefully let guys on the team go out and play more freely to then kind of showcase what they've got. And that'll then, of course, trickle down to recruits as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not every every week is not now. Well, we gotta, and if we don't if we don't go out and win this game, you know, our head coach's job is is in jeopardy. Now, I mean, now they can go play. They can go play football. Um, and and I, I think that you're right. Recruits that are watching this situation, um, you know, they they understand it. Um, I, I think they they had a good sense or a good feel for things probably heading into the season, um, you know, they're all aware of, of the coaching changes that happen on the staff heading into the season. Um, and so yeah, that's a good point too. That, that was kind of the lead up to it as well, right? You have, you yeah. know, four new assistants on offense plus Bill Bush. Like you kind of understand that, you know, the temperature is raised around Lincoln. Yeah, no doubt. And so, and, you know, with, with NIL and everything now, entering the picture of, of recruitment. Um, I think it, it makes uh, the prospects realize that, Hey, this is, this is a business. Um, this is not, you know, this is a lot more than just football too. And so I think that, um, you know, prospects are probably more aware of the business side of the sport than ever before. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it'll be interesting to continue following this, you know, as the weeks go on and we'll have a, a lot more coverage um, at Nebraska.Rivals.com for Inside Nebraska um, to continue to keep you guys updated on the latest. We've got a lot going on on site right now um, as far as the coaching search goes, recruiting implications. Oh, by the way, we've got the number two team in the country in volleyball still chugging along and they're still undefeated as well. Uh, so you definitely want to make sure that you keep it locked over there for all of the latest in Nebraska football and what's happening. Volleyball as well. Make sure you like this video up, subscribe to the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel, and we'll catch you guys later this week.